0: welcome to the cubed audio show whether you are an entrepreneur an influencer a sole trader starting your first business or currently running a successful business Cubed's got you covered we discuss topics around accountancy tax business advice raising investment helping you to manage your wealth and marketing to scale your business so let's get this show started
1: okay brilliant so, welcome to the Cube Show, guys. Um, we've got Mirage, we've got a couple of people on the audience. So, Mirage, I actually have the privilege to ha- have Mark and Richard from Cube Consultancy on the stage with us. So, Mark, obviously, you guys have got the company whose growth is very impressive, especially in the last couple of years. First of all, tell me about your journey, yourself and Richard and please unmute yourself before you answer because you i I can see you're muted so please tell me about your journey how did you two meet up and how did you get started
2: yeah me and uh, me and richard met back in probably about 2015 so we were involved in a previous venture and we came up with the idea back in probably 2017 18 initially to to talk about an accounting firm because both me and richard are we qualified as accountants um, here in the UK, and then we came to start it in January 19. So it's a, it's not it's, it's not a, a long venture, but it's um, it's grown massively since then. We uh, we started up in a, a small office in Harpenden, which is in Hertfordshire, and then we grew onto a, a slightly larger office. Then we started taking people on, and the company's just kind of grown since then. It's mostly been referrals. It initially started through our our telephone book where we were looking at clients and um, having quite a few builders and things like that. And then we've expanded into owner-managed businesses and it's just grown. It's um, It's been a massive growth. We've learned so much. We've got um, now a marketing team and uh, we've got a, a full staff. We've got a brand new manager we've taken on. And um, since then, it's just got bigger and bigger. So um, we're, we're excited about the future.
1: Amazing, amazing. Now, obviously like especially i can understand it was a word of mouth and you guys got on great and and obviously the growth was exponential right but the main question i have is during the pandemic when everyone's business were actually struggling a lot of businesses have closed down even accountancy businesses you know they suffered massively what was the main key reason? What was the secret behind your recipe that you guys grow exponentially? And like, obviously, you still guys are growing. What's the main reason behind that?
2: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't really a, um, it wasn't really a tactic on that. I mean, once the pandemic was announced, obviously we've got so many owner-managed businesses un- and self-employed people, and there was sheer, there was sheer panic really uh, and worry. And a lot of them, Richard actually said, I think we should maybe pause the monthly fees or half them. So we spoke to every client. We, we, we took the time out. It was, it was really long days where we were speaking to everyone. We weren't charging. We were trying to help with the, well, trying to learn it ourselves, the, the grants, but also speaking to the clients and trying to explain it. So we were very much learning on the job on that, but it came back to help us. And, you know, it came back in droves for us because a lot of it was being recommended that we knew what we were talking about in terms of the grants. And that brought in new clients eventually, not straight away, but eventually. And s- since then, I think we just we built that reputation that we can speak to clients, and we're there to kind of problem solve. And it, it just snowballed from there. You know, one client would introduce two, who would introduce three, and it just got bigger and bigger. Um, so I think that's probably the key. But we didn't plan that as a growth tactic. It was it was just how do we kind of are that we decided to. To just try and help people and it kind of just, it
1: just worked for us so uh, yeah it's just it's just went like that brilliant brilliant and obviously like it's your you guys are still grown guys i've got a few people new people Hirashi, anika and you now charlie um anika got to know as well from the other room as well she also knows mirage as well we've got greg as well guys if you've got any questions related to the startups entrepreneurship or, or even business tax related questions feel free to ask we've got richard and mark he owns uh, the Cube consultancy, director of Cube consultancy, whose growth is exponentially in the last couple of years. So, I'm going to reset the room and I'm going to let everyone know what this room is all about.
0: Welcome to the Cubed Audio Show. Whether you are an entrepreneur, an influencer, a sole trader, starting your first business, or currently running a successful business, Cubed's got you covered. We discuss topics around accountancy, tax business advice, raising investment, helping you to manage your wealth, and marketing to scale your business. So let's get this show started.
1: Okay, now guys, if you've got any questions, please raise your hand and come up on the stage, anything you want to ask to Richard and Mark? Mark, I've got a couple of questions, number one, um, obviously there's a lot of people want to start their own business, okay, they've got an idea, they want to turn their passion into profits. What are the what are the biggest mistakes? Let's say three biggest mistakes usually startups make before they get involved into the real business.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say the biggest is is the rushing, um, rushing into 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 either setting up a limited company, which might not be the right structure. Uh, more often than not, depending on their other incomes, self-employed is probably the route to go. Um, Again, when I speak to a client, I always try and work out who their audience is. If they're selling to to other limited companies or other practices or things like that, then, then the limited company might be the right route. But more often than not, when it's a startup or an online business, you kind of, I always try and recommend that they, not dip their toe in the water, but go in that route of self-employed. Um, it's just more cost-effective, and then you can see if there's any desire for your products
3: or services and um, Richard what would you say is uh, another I'd probably say that anyone coming in outdoors with a business plan you know it's up uh, sometimes they can be over complex and over analyze things and the one the one lesson we try and impart or suggestion we make is if you were to double your costs and half your revenue projections would you still do this because most of us are by nature optimists and so we tend to believe our own forecasting and the one thing that you know will always be out there will be those fixed costs be they rent or rates or telephone bill various taxes and if you stress test your business model before you commit to it full time I always think it's a eminently sensible thing to do we tend to build forecast models for our startup clients or indeed clients that are looking to raise additional funds. And we always try and look at the key three or four sensitivities, the things which will make things go horribly wrong, but then again, the things that if they were to surpass expectations, would actually see much faster growth. So uh, I would always say, be careful of your revenue projections. They tend to be slow and slower to grow, but manage, manage the cost because those things certainly can take a life of their own if you're not too careful. I mean, as we've seen, you know, just this week with uh, three or four utility companies going under and everyone being threatened by a one to two hundred pound increase in their utility bills. Now that that wasn't really being spoken about three months ago. Now as we're leaving the government-funded tail of the pandemic, we're going to see an awful lot of support taken away, and it's going to be even more. Important for people to really, really understand their cost base. That's where we tend to start with most business coming in the door. What are your three largest costs and what are the three things that would help accelerate your growth? So I'd say, you know, underestimate your revenues and overestimate your costs. And if you still like what you see, you've probably got a good idea.
1: Very good. Especially what you said that people don't really manage their cost, you know. And that's the main thing. Like people just start up and they just lose their focus because they're too much focused on making profits and making income. Mirage, is there is there any questions that you like to ask
3: while we have Mark I mean, Richard on the stage. Well, on, on, on that topic of uh, profits and percentages and P Ls? I mean, we always tell our clients, you know, you can you can't spend a percentage, but you can spend a ten pound note. So, you know, you could have a sixty percent margin, but if your turnover is only 300 quid a week it's a very different economic situation than if you've got a much smaller margin but the, you know the volumes and the sales and the strength is important so we try not to get too carried away in the first six to 12 months of a business life about looking at the uh, the financials that you need to file but you don't have to file until you get past that first year and we tend to always say income expense revenue expenditure keep it keep a track of those and track them daily if you can. And with the apps that you have available on, on your smartphone, with the various software providers, especially, you know, in the area of accounting that we have we it, everything's out there to help you. So get yourself a good piece of kit on your phone, be aware of everything that's coming in and out of your bank account each day. And of course, 711 <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant.
1: Mirage, is there anything you wanna you wanna add in? And Dan, I know um, you're actually on the stage as well. After the Mirage, you will, you could actually ask any questions you want to Mark and Richard. Mirage, what would you like to say, mate?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, just a couple of questions from me, really, with regards to to, to startups, entrepreneurs, those those kind of people, because. I think, you know, something I found along the years is that a lot of traditional accountancy firms are not as tuned in with um, sort of the, I guess, the Gen Z, the millennial culture, people who are, you know, starting up their own businesses, people who might be YouTubers or creatives. And I just wanted to understand a little bit from, um, from you guys, how have you sort of structured your business to accommodate those kinds of individuals? Like, is there anything that you do specially for them? Or is there any other factors that you take into consideration because they're obviously different types of businesses to your more seasoned, established kind of thriving corporate businesses? For example.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a revenue stream that we've, um, we've come to uh, it, it'd be more important to us. Um, we've taken on a few like, like quite large influencer clients. And that's taken a bit more uh, technical research, especially in the region of VAT, where services are delivered through a screen and if it qualifies to not have VAT. So that's, you know, being an expert in that field has kind of attracted them kind of clients. Um, but also a lot of these influencers and people like that are fairly new to business and trying to we're trying to handhold and talk them through dividends and... Um, creditors and how things like that work, as well as setting up their own payrolls and pension schemes for people they have on the payrolls. You know, there's lots of factors, but the main feature we found is that they, they're fairly new to business. So we have been really trying to handhold and talk them through it. You know, other technical areas we're able to help with in terms of tax regions as well. So not just the VAT, but where they are personally taxed and how that revenue is taxed and what costs can be allocated against so such as YouTube channels is there any costs that you can offset against that revenue in terms of paying less tax, which ultimately a lot of people want to do. So we we try and do a lot of tax planning for each person, but it is very tailored. And I think that's how we've been able to expand by, you know, we actually wrote a mission statement the other day about we're trying to make a tailor managed solution for for each client we speak to. And I think that's kind of really helped us to
3: be honest.
4: That's really good. And I think because the reason why I asked is there's a a couple of people in this, in in this room right now, Dan is is one of them, Mittal is another one, they're they're friends of mine, but they're actually now in this um, startup venturing into a new business sort of area in in their careers. Um, Mittal has just just launched a uh, dental product range and Dan is actually um, starting a recruitment company within Radiology. I think, you know, because they are new to this kind of whole entrepreneurship, startup, business, culture, I I think for me, understanding, you know, if they are just ready to launch, and they're ready to go, you've obviously, you've obviously explained that you guys need to look at your forecasting, you need to look at your expenses. Is there anything that they need to be considering when it gets to the point of them going for funding? Is that do you think that they should try and grow organically to begin with? Or is it not a bad thing to actually go out and get funding straight away? Well, I'll
3: I, I, just um, add one little thought there, which is when you start a new business, when you're growing a business that, that you know became, was a seed and is now starting to contribute towards your, you know, your your wealth. Um, sometimes people get a little bit anxious, over anxious, a little bit tentative, maybe even scared of matters governmental, be they taxes, VAT. National insurance, corporation tax. You know, sometimes we wonder how we actually manage to make a profit when the government's managed to create so many taxes. But at the same time, I often say to the startups, you know, the government can be your friend. There are an awful lot of government funded schemes and supports, and the grants everyone's aware of through the pandemic. But even as we emerge out the other side, there are, um, you know, business recovery loans, there are business expansion loans, there are uh, become a preferred provider of certain services via a government sponsored network you know be that via via providers of it training you can become associated with with the government as a force for good and you know it's not it's not always the most obvious place to look but i would say probably one in ten of our startups and first-year businesses have have actually had material support, and rather than go to a bank uh, or go to maybe another venture capital provider, why not why not start with the government? Because they tend to give the best terms. I mean, we've seen the two and a half percent loans for over the next spreading out over the next ten years that people have taken on to survive. Why not take one of those same loans, but use it to expand your business? And uh, you know, the government can be your friend certainly not something to be scared of
4: that's great yeah Dan did you um did, did you want to ask any questions uh, to, to Mark or Richards because obviously we're almost at launch stage for your new business so um exciting times but you might be getting nervous about certain things
5: yeah um one of them is sort of the financial part of things it's quite interesting I've not heard much about the government funded schemes um
3: how, how would like you go about that like in the initial stages to sort of apply for something like that? Well, I mean, you, you always, always start from the position, you know, does your company, do you as a sole trader, do you as self-employed person, do you have a bank account in that entity's name right now? Or are you operating out of your own personal bank account? If you are operating say through one of the main high street lenders of high street banks, you know, your, your normal suspects, HSBC, Lloyds, Barclays, TSB, um, why not go to them? They are they're there. They are being encouraged by the government to back recovering and freshly started businesses. And if you have an existing relationship, we tend to recommend you start there. If you have a bank account with Metro Bank, walk in the branch nearest to you and just go to the account and see what they can do for you. If you don't have one from the established contributors towards the British Business Bank, which is a loose aggregation of, of nearly 30 now uh, financial institutions, why not um, apply to one as an outsider? Why not use one of the startups? I mean, we, we, we've we had probably 50% of our new clients have banked either with Starling, Tide, Revolut, or Monza. Those, yeah. those uh, you know, internet or challenger banks are now part of that uh, British business bank support system and you can apply through them uh, yeah. and again that's partly underwritten by us the taxpayer so use the credit. Yeah that,
5: the actual account that I've got at the moment for the start of that I'm starting is a Tide account because I did struggle a little bit with the high street banks that they weren't that keen initially to um, sort of open the account for me um, I to know that that tide is that, that I'll have just and just as much of a chance with with a, with an account that's sort of more online.
3: Yeah, well, my my dad always used to say that a bank will lend you as much money as you want, provided you can prove that you don't need it. And yeah. that is, that historically has been an issue with the high street lenders. You might remember during the early days of the pandemic, they introduced they had then what was called Sybils, the uh, coronavirus business interruption loan scheme. However, they, they, they only lent out three or four billion in the first month of operation, which sounds a big number But when you divide it across the number of small businesses up and down the country, it's tiny and pitiful And that was because the banks were only being offered protection or credit protection by the government of 80% The moment the government took away the need for you as an individual to personally guarantee 20% of a loan And they took that from you the floodgates opened and 50 billion was lent over the next two months. So those schemes are still there. I mean, the business uh, recovery scheme is out there for everybody. And, you know, we often hold hand. We we have a couple of clients right now who are going through the throes of that. Some are getting more success than others. Um, One who banks with NatWest is actually most probably going to attract finance from Metro bank another that does Bank with Tide was possibly going to get somewhere with starling so it's not always where you find it but definitely start with the bank with whom you have the best relationship that may only be banking records and transactional proof for the last three to six months but it's yeah. more than another but it, they will give you some credit for that at the very least how, how long have, have you been in operation
5: um so it's still very like start-up stages which um the recruitment business itself is going to be working through a sort of a digital application, a mobile application, web application, which is mm-hmm. just coming to um, the end of the developing stage. So it is very early stages still. We've not actually got a final product just yet. But um, yeah. In,
2: in terms of have that you, as well, I would I would ensure that you look through all your records in terms of your personal cost that you've incurred to date. Because yeah, when you do it. have your company, you'll have a thing called a director's loan account. I and mean, you only really yeah. get that in your fir- at the beginning of your first year of trade, where you look to say, right, well, in the build-up, it's cost me this and, you know, the charges you can put. And at any point in time, once the company becomes profitable, you can take that out tax-free. So it's it's worth
3: spending the time looking through costs that you've incurred to bring it to where it is today. Yeah, and you yeah. often forget, and you often forget how what those costs were and for how long you've been incurring them. And Mark's advice there is, you know, is spot on. Go back over two years of personal bank statements. You'll be surprised how much capital you've taken from your ongoing savings and invested into the business even before you open the doors, or in your case. Um, Start selling the app. I guess is is your app going to be on? Is it going to be for sale, or is it one you're going to give away to the recruiters?
5: Um, so it's it's going to be for the recruitment company itself. It's going to be for the um, radiology professionals to use to pick up sort of shifts, clinical shifts like locum shifts in hospitals. Um, so it's something that they'll be they'll have access to, as well as um, hospitals
3: will have access to as well. So you're aiming it at hospital trusts or radiographers for hire, or both
5: both so it'll be, it'll be for the, the application will be for hospitals in radiology radiology departments basically for them to recruit um temporary workers and then on the other hand you'll have the radiographers using the mobile app um, to find work at these hospitals it's, and these departments. It's actually,
4: um, and, and, uh, it's actually you know the, uh, the solution that we have Mark and Richard, Right. Okay. it's, okay. it's actually, the, it's actually the, the white label of, of that yeah,
2: yeah. Would it qualify for um research and development grant?
4: Yeah, that's exactly what I was just about to get get onto that because um right. that's with Dan or even Mittal who's in who's in the audience, he's he's launched a new business, but his is a little bit different Um, because you you guys probably do help consult with R&D claims Um, so Dan just just so that you're aware that you know the development cost is is eligible for you to claim some money back on the research and development but I'll leave that to Mark and Richard
3: well Mark Mark is the Mark is the uh, expert in-house in this field but what I would say is that the R&D development grants are there for a reason the reason they're there is because If you make a a, a loss in your first year of trading, that's that's, that's to be expected to a degree. And as you go forward and start to make profits, you can obviously offset those losses against future trading profits. However, for a startup, a tax loss that you can use in the future, whilst it has intrinsic value, is that you can't spend it. The R&D tax credit recovery program uh, enables you to effectively monetize any investment or loss that you can identify to that project. And at the time you started it, had a reasonable, um, had, there was reason, reasonable doubt as to the outcome or the expected outcome. Mark, what about the mechanics of that?
2: Yeah, there's there's lots of conditions you need to meet. So it's um, how do you adv- advance something? So it's either advances in technology or um, um, or, or other social aspects of things. So For example, we've got a client who was able to build a software program that was able to identify land that might qualify for um, uh, options so they can purchase and do planning permission. So that, you know, whenever you're testing software, there's always a chance that it's not going to come out. But he was also building something that was completely new to the the field. So it was able to allocate costs, but it had to be qualifying costs, such as um, consultancy fees for computer work or software for land registries and things like that so you've got to identify the costs that are related to the project but how it work is they they take that cost and they times it by 230 percent and then they take that from your loss and they'll give you a tax credit of 14 percent on that so it can be it's quite a substantial
3: input into the business it can be really but useful. the key point but the key point might be that will come back as cash as cash straight back into the company yeah. Yeah. So if, if somebody like uh, Mittal or Don, for example, put a hundred thousand pound into a clearly identifiable project which had some risk, what might that come back as in terms of cash in their bank? So it would
2: inflate the loss. So if it was a hundred thousand pound loss, it would it would times out by two hundred and thirty percent, and then you get fourteen percent of that straight back. Uh, if you've already got a loss already, which you'd imagine it would be, it would then inflate that loss even more. Now, we've got some fairly big grants that, uh, that have been processed and HMRC are really trying to encourage research and development. Um, it's a field they're trying to encourage more people to go for. Um, you can also either get the cash straight back into your um, profits, into your bank account, or you can inflate the losses so you pay less tax as well.
3: So there's two options there. That's over £30,000 into your bank yeah. in yeah. a few weeks.
4: Yeah. And, yeah, and am it, I correct it, it in saying that weeks. this is you can you can do this ongoing because obviously, tech, de- tech development stuff is obviously something that you're always changing, right? As time goes it, yeah, yeah it we,
3: attaches it attaches to a tax year, right, Mark? Each, each that's right, it
2: goes it goes on each tax year. You can go back two years,
3: two full tax years um, from your
2: first claim, but then each year you can do you can apply for it.
4: So that's just something something that um, Dan and Mittal, you know, for, for your costs and everything that you guys have incurred in terms of building this business and I I, am I right in saying that it's not just technology it's like staffing and everything as well right it's like
2: yeah it is yeah yeah. there's certain ones that you can't I mean uh, consultancy for example you can only claim 65% of that Um, rent you wouldn't be able to claim that there's a few other little scenarios that you wouldn't but uh, what they are asking for now is they are asking for more details so for example if you are claiming um, wages they will ask for that person's full name, NI, and a copy of the, the, the gross report that you put through as a payroll.
3: So this is just a, a few more details they're asking for. Yeah. So has there been uh, recently, any 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 questions that, that that have surprised you in terms of what HMRC are starting to peel back and starting to in, inquire about? I mean, what about that building that building project we did recently? Was has there been any pushback on that?
2: well the only thing that we've been asked for recently is a list of subcontractors uh, full names again not national insurances but full names and what they carried out on the project yeah. um so they are asking for more details
3: every day is a school day
4: that's great Sorry. yeah so down in mittel i think you know when it when it comes to that point it, it's worth reaching out to mark and richard because they can talk you through that process um it, it might help you to to get some of that money back you know on the cost that you've incurred to start up your business
3: yeah, so it goes back to that point I made earlier. You know, the government can often be your friend, and it's often sitting where you least expect to find it. Yeah, some valuable information
1: there, guys. All I would suggest is we've got Mark and Richard. Make sure you follow these boys, and we will be hosting room every single Wednesday. Is that right, Mark, uh, from 8 o'clock till half 8 yeah that's correct yeah and we'll be taking all the questions uh, from all the startups entrepreneurs business owners tech related business consultancy marketing anything you need to ask uh, we're gonna be here every Wednesday from eight o'clock till half eight so if anyone wants to come up on the stage and want to ask a question please feel free to do so Um, and we would we would love to have you you know Um, before we ask for any more question let me just quickly reset the room so what what cubed group what we are all about here we go
0: welcome to the cubed audio show whether you are an entrepreneur an influencer a sole trader starting your first business or currently running a successful business Cubed's got you covered we discuss topics around accountancy tax business advice raising investment helping you to manage your wealth and marketing to scale your business so let's get this show started so
1: this is the Cube Group is all about. So Dan, if you've got any more questions, feel free to reach out to Mark and Richard on the back channel and please give them a follow and give everyone a follow. And that's pretty much it. Is there anything else, um, Mark and Richard, you, you would
3: like to say before we close up? Well, I was no. just gonna say one one thing that cropped up this week was uh, we were talk- chatting in the office and on any given week or any given month or in any given part of a cycle, you get asked the same questions repeatedly of any given week. And so I thought what we might start doing from next week is, you know, the most asked question of the week. So for example, this week, the most asked question was, does the national insurance increase announced by the government impact me as a director sole trader who pays myself through dividends? And the answer is yes, but not as bad as if you were an employee in a company, because whereas in a company, you get hit with another one and a quarter percent deducted from your wages, and the company pays another one and a quarter percent for hiring you. If you're a director-managed company paying yourself in dividends, you just get the one lot of one and a quarter percent going forward. So we've had that asked quite a few times this week. So I thought I'd just share that. If you're a sole trader director paying dividends, you're one and a quarter percent worse off than you were last month. If you are a company employing a person. That amount is two and a half percent,
1: okay? Brilliant, thanks very much. So, anything else you wanna say or will we just wrap up for today?
2: No, that's it, thanks very much, Ozzy, for organizing this, really appreciate it. And um,
1: yeah, thank you very much. Absolutely, pleasure mine. Thanks for hosting. Thanks very much, guys.
4: Thank you, everyone.
1: Yeah, thanks everyone. So we'll be hosting a room every Wednesday from eight o'clock and we'll be taking questions from all the entrepreneurs, startups, and business owners. So, okay guys, have a good day and talk to you soon.
0: You've got plans, ideas, dreams, to achieve great things, and leave your mark on the world. Whether you are an entrepreneur, an influencer, a sole trader, starting your first business, or a seasoned business owner and leader. Reaching your goals can be difficult to do on your own. Give yourself the best chance for success by removing worry and stress. After all, you spend a lot of your time working, so you need to make every minute count. Cubed Consultancy is large enough to meet all your financial needs, but still small enough to know your name when you call. We give each of our clients the individual attention they deserve. Finances might seem boring and time-consuming for you. But they aren't for us. From accountancy and bookkeeping. To tax and payroll services. Business advice. Raising investment. And even helping you to manage your wealth. Cubed's got you covered. We help our clients save time. So they can achieve freedom. So focus on what you want. Focus on what you love, dream big, innovate, and create, and take some time for yourself. Leave the rest, to us.